Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary and welcome to Vax On, a weekly segment of my podcast out of patience right here on the Offscript Network. Hey, I'm Alura Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. All right, Matt, let's get at it. VaxOn, von Vax. Ah, 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 ah. Hello, Allura. How are you? Hi, Matt. It's VaxOn Day. I'm so happy. Can I do the count again? Vax too. Ah, 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 ah. We lost the entire millennial crowd. Yes, that's okay though, because we kept the entire Gen X crowd. Yes, perfect. That's our that's our jam at Gen X. Then. That's my jam. Listen, I like millennials as much as the next guy. <laughs> no, no, we're not throwing no one on the bus. Like, you no, know, no, I, I, I personally love millennials. Didn't we talk about the Magic Garden the last time on the show? We did. I love the Magic Garden. Yeah. Oh my God. So the Gen X is so nodding good. their heads. Millennials, Gen Z is like the Magic what? You'll find Only out. Only Gen X that grew up in the New York, New Jersey area. You'll no one else out. has any idea what you're talking about. We're channeling the Magic Garden. Carol and Paula, we love you. We do. So guess what I did over the weekend? You got a booster. I got boosted. How was your arm? You get that like weird like patch on your arm again like last time? You know, interesting. So I did not. I did get um a really sore arm, but it was like the same sore arm that I got for the flu shot my entire life before COVID was a thing. Right. And I didn't get that like super scary red mark that seemed to burn like it was Harry Potter scar. I did not get that. <laughs> yeah. You, you and my wife got that the last time. Yeah. It was like very like regular. I got the shot. My arm was a little sore. I felt a little headache, but it was like not a big deal. Um, and I, I really wonder if that's because like you, I'm a Moderna person. Right. And the Moderna booster is half the dose of the Moderna second shot. So I wonder if that's why it was no, it was nowhere near the level of intense side effects as the second shot had been. Yeah. When I got my first shot in January of this year, I was laid out for like three days. And then the second shot, I was laid out for one day. I like got the second shot on a Friday and then I died. And then I <laughs> rose again on Sunday in fulfillment of the scriptures. And like, it was like, I didn't know what was going on. Um, but this was like way less of a big deal, which made me very happy because as much as look, I would get the shots regardless of the side effects. If this is going to be something that we're doing every year, it's much less daunting to just be like, oh, all right, I'll get it. And then like, maybe I'll feel shitty for a couple of hours, but then I'll be okay. Um, like I don't have to schedule that I'm going to be like out of commission for an entire day. So that was happy news for me. Yeah. I'm going to play the odds uh, against my favor of going through three days of hell, even though I might not, by getting it on Friday. 
So if I'm laid up, it'll at least be the weekend. Yeah, good logic there. But it was very important for me to get mine as soon as I possibly could because I don't know if you remember this. Aren't you but going on to Sunday, like Cuba or Mexico or something? I go. I wish I was going to Cuba. I'd love to go there. But no, I'm going to Mexico for right. a week. And um, it's going to be like a raucous good time. <laughs> or at least this is. As it theory. should be. Yeah. And um, yeah. So and then, you know, I have to do the COVID test to get back and, wah, 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 and all that. But um, yeah, I'm really excited. I've never been to Mexico. I have been called Mexican um, most of my professional life, despite the fact that I am not Mexican. <laughs> and um, I'm going to go and see what Mexico is all about. Wait, how do I not know that about you? You're Greek, Italian, and people think you're Mexican? People always think that I'm Mexican because my last name is Nanos, and people are stupid and think that that sounds Spanish. And um, I get a lot of like hate tweets and stuff on social media for people calling me Mexican. Which is so bizarre. You need to add a um, tilde just for fun. I should. But then I also Nanos. feel like I'm taking credit for like something I haven't earned. It, it's really bizarre. And and as a result, I've been in this position where people who don't know any better and only know me like online and haven't actually seen my face or they don't really know anything about me, they assume that I'm Mexican uh, incorrectly and give me all sorts of racist hate. And it's really unusual for me because it's like I'm receiving it, but you know, that's not my heritage. So I don't know what to do with it. And I feel like both horrified and guilty at the same time. Right. All like, the emotions. You're, you're, you're guilty. You can't be offended. Right. It's like bizarre. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I feel like this is so terrible, but I'm also not really the victim because I'm not, I, I just, I don't know. And I'm, I get very conflicted about it. And I, I feel like I don't even know if I should be joking about it, but there it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my, goodness. my story. But anyway, I'm going to Mexico and I cannot wait to go. Wow. Okay. Well, good. Go, go meet your non-forefathers. Yeah, exactly. I, I honestly cannot wait. I have always wanted to go to Mexico and I'm very excited to finally be there. And um, I'm hoping that the travel and the airplanes and the COVID tests and like all that doesn't become a big problem. Anyway, so you did not get boosted yet, um, but there's big news for you, right? Well, our, we're dedicating our first segment here to like your kids. Yes, my children can finally get vaccinated as uh, the FDA approved the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine for EUA in kids 5 to 11. Thank you very much, FDA. Now, I'm confused and I'm wondering if you can help me out. Because I know that the FDA did this a few days ago, right? Actually, last Friday, the FDA gave that emergency use approval. But my friends here in New Jersey that have kids in that age still are not able to actually schedule their kids for the vaccines. Um, and I'm, I don't know that I'm clear why not why they're not able to. Do you are, Have you been able to schedule your kids yet? Or are we waiting for some sort of state approval? Like what the hell is going on? Uh, I think it just goes back to supply chain rubber dog shit on those gloves we talked about last week. Oh, I see. So it's just, it's the same as the Lunchables. Like you'll get it when you get it. Yeah. Like you're allowed to have the Lunchables, but that doesn't mean we have them to give you. Right. Yeah. 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 Good luck finding the Lunchables. They do exist somewhere, but you're going to have to wait to get them. Wait. And by the way, can I just, can I just interject for a second on the, on the ever present topic of Lunchables? So as I mentioned, I'm going on vacation, which means I have relatives coming to stay in my home and take care of my children. And one of the critical components of having other people care for my kids is that they have to make school lunches and I expect them to use Lunchables because it's so easy and Uncrustables and I can't get them. So <laughs> now I have to hope that my childcare can like figure out what to give my kids for lunch. I love that these shows are like weekly, but they're so episodic. <laughs> yeah. 
because the episode. Is- Join us next week, not to hear what's in the news, but to hear how Elora is managing her house guests and Lunchables. Isn't it bizarre? Like, it's so funny, though, that it's like these little things end up like really throwing a wrench in your actual life and your emotions and everything. So like if Uncrustables are doing that to me, I can only imagine what supply chain issues on like a much grander scale are doing to people. Well, speaking of facts and science and data around Lunchables, uh, the data on the vaccine for kids is really compelling. That's yeah, really good. 90.7% efficacy in kids 5 to 11, 3,100 kids in the trials, pretty much zero side effects, no deaths, no hospitalizations. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's really, really good. I mean, it, it's 90.7% effectiveness. I mean, that means it's going to work. I mean, if you think about it, um, what's the flu vaccine? What's that efficacy rate? It's like nowhere near the 90s, right? No, no, no. The, the flu is like 30%. Right. It's like in the 40s or something, yeah, yeah. right? Something like that, something pretty low. And we all kind of just get it and, you know, expect that, okay, fine, we're as protected as we could be. 90% is very high. So I, I think that's huge. And I'm so thrilled for everyone that will be able to just breathe a sigh of relief um, for their younger kids. We've been dealing with this graph for 20 months almost. And I'll say this without any intentional callousness, the more mortality rate amongst children is infinitesimal compared to that in older populations. But I think we right. kind of made that assumption the right way with the right information at the time. Right. And I think, you know, of course, that is probably the most meaningful statistic is that, you know, while children might be contracting COVID, thank goodness, it doesn't seem like very many children are dying of COVID or even being hospitalized. So that's so important. Um, but I think we could all agree, like, look, we don't even want them to test positive, even if they have no symptoms. I just don't even want them to have it. So great. Like, I know I get these notices from my kids school every single day saying like, five more people tested positive for COVID. They're in cell quarantine, blah, blah, blah. And for the most part, I think these people are not getting very serious symptoms, but I just don't want the letters. I don't want them to have it. I just want it to go away. And this sounds like we are really on the road to making it just go away. I have a big update to comment on what you just said. Oh, tell so me. Since, a big update? How big? I mean, like, not like earth shattering, moon crashing into the planet kind of stuff, but ever since New York City mandated the vaccines for all city teachers in the public schools, 99 point something percent complied and like four of them quit because they're fucking idiots, whatever. But we're not getting those notices anymore that there's COVID 40 times a day. Maybe we've had one notice in three weeks versus having seven notices a day for months. Oh, that's good. Yes. Those notices are like, they are so stressful because it's, you're just powerless. It's like, you just get this little piece of bad news in your inbox that you can do nothing about. Right. You don't have any specific information and you're just like, here you go, have some stress. That's it. Right. Again, like we're not getting those notices. We had the first COVID notification pop up like yesterday for the first time in three weeks since they got the vaccines to be mandatory for all teachers. That's good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. By the way, guess what this brings us to? Does this bring us to our I Can't Sing Sir moment? It is time for the Sir moment. And we thought we would ask all of the millions of doctors at Sirmo um, what they think about the vaccine for children. And I have to tell you, Matt, I'm perplexed by some of the results. I really am. 
<laughs> we, we were perplexed last week. How much more or less perplexed are you this week? It's less perplexing than it was last week, but still perplexing. Okay, go so, forth. Okay, so we asked, are you going to recommend that kids age 5 to 11 receive the COVID vaccine? And only 70% of them said yes. 30% of the doctors said no, not recommending it. Now, just for the listener's sake, we don't ask why of the doctors who answer these questions for us. We right, just get the answer data. might be like, I'm a podiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> like, I'm going to decide that the 70% said yes, get the vaccine. And the, the other 30% said something like that. Said like, <laughs> I'm Doc Brown. Like something right, right. like that. I'm busy working on my DeLorean these days. I really yeah. don't prescribe this stuff to kids. Right. Like, I just, I don't know. The next question is, do you think COVID-19 is dangerous for young children? Because that's kind of an important factor in this about how dangerous do they even think COVID is to begin with. Right. Also perplexing, 51% of the doctors said, yes, COVID is dangerous for young children. 49% of doctors that responded to the survey said, nah, we don't even think COVID is dangerous for young kids. I think I'm perplexed in a different way than you sound to be. And given what we talked about earlier about how the data shows... After 20 months, mortality in kids is infinitesimally lower than it is in older populations. Is it reasonable for doctors to think that COVID is dangerous for young children? I can see both sides, but I think I'm perplexed because I'd expect more doctors to agree it's not dangerous than to agree it is dangerous. Oh, not me, because you see, this is where my lawyer hat comes in, right? And I totally understand that all the statistics show that COVID seems to be not deadly for young children, and that's great. However, there is no way that if I were in a position to be asked, do you think this illness is dangerous for kids? I would ever say no, because I always am thinking of the worst possible case scenario. Right. So like, also, if you ask me, do you think mosquito bites are dangerous for young children? I'd say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are Lunchables dangerous for children? Yes, unequivocally. Yes. yes. Okay, great. <laughs> so I, I suppose that was like the combination of like me being a lawyer and always seeing the worst case scenario and me being like an Italian mom where I'm afraid of everything. So I, you know what? You can't go by me on this. The doctors say, half of them say, yeah, it's dangerous. Half of them say, no, it's not dangerous. All right, maybe that's perfectly fine and not perplexing at all. <laughs> I like this question. They asked the doctors, what percentage of your patient's parents will vaccinate their kids as soon as possible. Yeah. And it looks like 65% of parents will vaccinate their kids as soon as possible based on the SIRMA results. Right. It looks like most doctors expected that most parents would vaccinate their kids right away. Yes. Which I like. Yeah. Yeah. And then like some doctors felt, well, I, I think that a lot of my patients are going to be like more hesitant when it comes to kids. Yeah. And we're not mentioning Staten Island here at all. No, no. Because not a sponsor. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Staten Island is definitely not a sponsor. Come to glamorous Richmond County. <laughs> Enjoy them all. One more question that I wanted to cover is that we asked doctors, do you think that the side effects for the vaccine are going to be less in kids because the dosage is less in kids? And I thought that was a really important question. Like, what do you think is going to happen with the side effects? Are they also going to like have a fever and be down for the count for a weekend or whatever? And um. 71% of the doctors said that they expect the side effects to be less for kids be due to the smaller dosage. I think this makes sense. 71% agree that the vaccine will not be as horrible from a side effect vantage in kids. I think that's great. I hope they're right. I agree too. And that is your weekly 
I Can't Sing Sir Moment by Menon. All right, so with all that hilarity ensuing, we hope, we'll be back after these messages. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. All right. Are we talking about Texas or Florida? Like, what are we, who are you picking on now? So I'm not really going to pick on anybody. I'm just going to do a very ginger side-by-side of what happens outside the U.S. and what would happen inside the U.S. Wait, wait, what is outside the U.S.? What does that mean? So I know, right? Like in today's chapter of The World Outside Your Window, yes, um, we're going to talk about Shanghai. And listen to this. So you know that there's a Disneyland in Shanghai. Yes. And um, apparently thousands of people who were at Disneyland were quietly sealed in by staff last Sunday and all had to get tested for COVID-19 before they were allowed to leave. And let me just explain this to you. We're talking 34,000 people at Disneyland had to get tested. Wait, so these people were already in the park. Yeah, they were like hanging out, going on the teacups and all that kind of shit. And then all of a sudden, like people come over in hazmat suits and they're like, yeah, sorry, we're going to have to like stick you in this sealed bubble, I guess. And you're going to have to get COVID tested. You're not allowed to go home. Reminds me of the Simpsons movie when they dropped the giant glass dome over Springfield. That's like exactly, I think, what they did. And by the way, you know, it took a long time to test all these people. 34,000 people, they kept them there past midnight, well after the park had closed, and then they had to send them home on 220 special buses. I guess they don't have the school bus shortage there as they do here, um, But and, and all 34,000 of them were found to test negative. All of them? All of them, but here's the thing, which is bizarre to me, but they're still required to quarantine at home for two days and then get retested again in two weeks. Is that to get the stink of churros off them? <laughs> I Do they don't have know. churros in China? In, in China? Uh, they definitely had them in Disneyland. Yeah. 
Could you imagine what would happen if that happened in the U.S.? If you're like hanging out at Disney World and then all of a sudden somebody comes over, like even if it was like fucking Mickey Mouse came over right. and said like, excuse me, folks, you gotta <laughs> Hi, go. <laughs> I need to poke you. <laughs> People would flip the fuck out. I'm, I'm like trying to picture this. And look, I realize that things in China are completely different than things here. Yeah, they can do I that think- in China, it sounds like. I mean, people in China are used to not having the same level of freedom that we have, you know, but it's just picturing this is like breaking my brain. This is part of China has like they call it a zero COVID policy where they're like, look, if we think you're going to be spreading COVID, we're shutting your ass down. Like conceal carry. If this happened in Florida, can you imagine? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm trying to reconcile this with like people who in Staten Island were just asked to wear a mask and they like stormed the food court. Right. And like, these are, I mean, so these must've been people, a lot of them with children. Right. So they're like in Disneyland and then all of a sudden they're not allowed to go on the rides or do anything fun. They're like instead held in some kind of, I I don't know, facility where they have to take a blood test to find out if they freaking have COVID and then they're not allowed to leave. And oh, by the way, you might have thought you had two more days of vacation, but really you have to self-isolate for two days. Well, I'm reading here that China has enforced a zero COVID policy. How does one possibly enforce that? Oh, oh I know how. You basically <laughs> force 34,000 people to get tested at Disneyland. Right. I want to understand, like, you know, so the article says that, you know, this happened. But what it leaves out you know, are the questions about how exactly they did that? You know, like, how did they, did they round up 34,000 people at the exact same moment? How did they do that? Did they have some sort of like squad that went in and just corralled them? Did they come, did did they drop from helicopters? I want to know. I cannot even imagine how this worked. So, I mean, and people must have, if you think about the logistics of a theme park, so, you know, first of all, 34,000 people is, that's got to be a huge amount of the percentage of the people currently in the park. I mean, how many people does the park even hold? So, I mean, how did they section them off? And they, they just all of a sudden said, oh, by the way, you're not leaving? Like, that's nuts. All right. Well, you know, Disney's got them, you know, by the balls because there's only one entrance and exit. I guess so. I, I just, I, to me, you know, I'm, I'm imagining this type of thing happening, even on a smaller scale, even if we're not talking about 34,000 people. Let's say we're talking about 34 people in the right. United States. It would not go down. Like people would be freaking out. They would be rioting. They would be screaming. They would be calling everybody in the world on their cell phone. I mean, I can't even imagine. In five minutes, this would be done. This would never work. And the fact that it happened is sort of shocking to me. And I think it just underscores the difference, not so much in the difference between Americans and Chinese, but rather the difference between what, what we're used to here versus what they're used to there. Well, it seems like it would only work in America in the movies, like in E.T., when they, they find him at the house and they, they tarp the whole house out in the neighborhood. No one, no one can go anywhere. <laughs> that was also the 80s, like before people had cell phones so they could get away with shit like that. You and your time machine relevancy. because <laughs> they have cell phones in China, but they have communism in China. That's probably why it works. I, I imagine that is why it works. It's, you know, it's kind of like when when I hear stories like this, you know, that makes me try to picture how this could go down. And at the end of the day, you know, people are people everywhere, even people who have been subjected to communism. And it's just shocking to me that this would actually happen and that somehow, you know, they were just able to corral these people and get them 34,000 people to test. And um, 
Also, I, I don't understand how it's possible that they would all test negative. That seems bizarre. That, well, again, they're reporting the news they want to report. It is China. Right. I mean, I feel like, but they but they were happy to report that they corralled 34,000 people. Like, the whole thing is strange to me. Well, so I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what to do with the story, so I'm just giving it to you. I'm laying it at your feet and hoping you make me feel better about it. No, my only non-relevant relevant is I watched Chernobyl on HBO, and to this day, the Soviet Union reports that only like 140 people died from Chernobyl and like 45,000 people died. Like, oh, yeah. China's going to say what China's going to say. That's true, yeah. I You always have to factor in that the news doesn't mean anything if it comes from a country that controls the information. Yes. And on that note. <laughs> are we done? I, I guess I feel a little bit deflated, but I think we are done. Well, all right. So you're going not, to Mexico. Not, am I going to go to Mexico and they're going to like corral all of us at the resort? Make us, right. I, I mean, they are making us get tested, but they're not making us stay there. Now that would be extraordinary if you experienced in Mexico what they just did in Disneyland in China. Does Mexico have a zero COVID policy? It's the El Chapo policy. <laughs> Is that right? I as have long no as idea. They have a, as long as they have a multiple tequila policy. You can escape fine. through all the underground tunnels that El Chapo dug. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to do that. Yes, please do. <laughs> Wait, so you're going and going. you have Lunchable stockpiles pending. Pending, but not here because the Lunchables are, are around. Um, but the problem is the Uncrustables because freaking Smuckers continues to only make the strawberry ones because apparently those are the favored ones. Right. I don't understand. If chocolate is a possibility, how is anything else beating it out? Right. Not a ridiculous. thing. I mean, that's ridiculous to me. I don't believe it. And I think that there's something more sinister at work. All right. Well, we're going to pledge to the, you, the listeners, that we're going after Smuckers to sponsor Vaxxon. <laughs> yes. And to bring back the Nutella Uncrustables. Like, bring. How did this conversation even happen? I have no idea. I don't know. It's because it's destroying my life right now. Yeah, that's right. So now my kid has to eat carrots. Ah, it's a whole, I know. God forbid. But luckily we have Halloween candy. So I'll just yeah. stick that between two pieces of bread and call it a sandwich. <laughs> Fantastic. They'll never know. They'll never know. All right, folks. Mom of the year. We okay. are, uh, we're baked and caked and you're going to go to Mexico <laughs> and I'll see you back here next week with Andrew McDowell as my co-host on yes. Vax On. Go gentle on my favorite redhead, and I will see you in two weeks. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye now. That's all for now. If you like Facts On, be sure to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Tell us your shit show of a healthcare story by leaving a message for us at 855-AUDIO-66, and we might just use it in a future show. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Health. We are a healthcare engagement company built for patients and caregivers by patients and caregivers. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. Our senior producer is Brianna Seely. Our hosts are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Brianna Seely. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscriptnot.com. That's media at offscript.com. For more information, visit offscript.com.